one constant through all the years, Ray, has been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. The most well-known, the best looking, the best dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is helping nothing. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. We would be honored if you would join us. Recording in the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York. It's Beyond the Game. Now here's your host, Benson, and those guys. Happy first weekend of December to you. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or you can give them a call, 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. We're honored you've chosen to join us. It'll be our intention over these next moments that we're together to not just glorify sports, but instead use sports to glorify God. I'm Benson, and as usual, I'm joined by the best producer in the world of faith-based sports radio, <laughs> Zach Barletta. You can interact with the program on Twitter, at BTG Program, or visit our website, btgprogram.com. Who's more fun at a press conference, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban? Both are so testy with members of the media. Belichick, of course, has that cheery personality. He's like <laughs> Wednesday on the Adams Family, you know? And then there's Saban, who just works himself into a frenzy. The other day, uh, ESPN's uh, Michelle Steele asked Belichick at his press conference this week about a joint statement released by the Patriots and Rob Gronkowski and his family, which is kind of weird to re release a statement. How often do you see the family get involved in a statement? I mean, outside somebody death, you know, somebody yeah. death, somebody died, outside that, um, when do you see a family release a statement? They don't. I think this was the first. Yeah, this is weird. So I don't think the reporter was out of line to ask the question, but of course, Belichick didn't appreciate the question. Here's the clip. To try to do everything we can to help you out. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Just trying to, just trying to be cooperative and help you out. So if that's a problem, just let me know. We did what we did. If that, if you have any other questions, really, you should take it up with our public relations department, which is very capably run by Stacy and his staff. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Just trying to help you out. Yeah, okay. I mean, come on, man. All she's doing is asking about why the Gronkowskis are involved. I don't even remember hearing her question all that well. I don't know why they can't get that right in press conferences, by the way. You, you know, some press conferences, you don't even hear the question from the reporter. Yeah. You just, there's silence for a time, and then and then whoever it is answers a question. Why can't you get a microphone out there? I mean, it's 2015. It's almost 2016. I think we have the technology yeah. to do it. But in this case, I could barely hear the question. I'm, I can't even remember what it was at this point. But it had something to do with that. She's asking about, oh, we're just, we're just trying to help you out. It was so out of the blue. Yeah. And then he goes on as the press conference gets on. Somebody else asks him about, oh, I can't remember now what that, even that, this, this is great radio. I can't remember anything. <laughs> uh, but they ask a question about something and he didn't want to answer it. So in his classic style, we've just moved on. You know, remember how, what it was, uh, we're, uh, we've moved past that. He didn't want to ask questions about 
deflate gate anymore. So he's just, we're focused on whatever. Play that clip where he's, we're moving on to Philly now. Yeah, we're really focused on Philadelphia right now. So that's, that's what I'm working on. I mean, it's just classic Belichick, just that cheery personality. I'm not answering your question, man. I've moved on. But then there's Saban this week. A reporter dared ask about reports of Alabama's defensive coordinator, Kirby Smart, who accepted the head coaching position at Georgia. He didn't feel it was his place to confirm the report, which, fair enough. But then it was like he started rambling. As someone caught in a lie who gets nervous and just keeps talking to try and cover mm-hmm. his butt, you know, before we play the audio clip, there's a bottle of Coke on the podium. You know how they do that? They put these random bottles there, just nonchalantly set them up there. Well, he's telling the reporter to ask the bottle. So let's, let's play that clip. Cause that's all I have to say about it. I don't, I can't say it. I don't, I don't have anything else to say about it. So don't ask. There, there is, there is no more. I know you would like to some kind of way extract something out of this bottle. I, that's not there. It's not there. You all speculate and create things and then you want people to respond to it. Get this bottle to respond to it because I don't know anything more than that. I told you everything I know. So you can ask the bottle, but don't ask me. (laughs) What's going on here? I don't. You can hear him pounding on the pulpit a little bit as he keeps picking up the bottle and setting it down and picking it up and setting it. Ask the bottle. And he's, he's legendary at this. He just works himself into a lather. He gets going and he gets going and he gets going. Oh my goodness, ask the bottle? He didn't want to answer the question anymore. If there was ever somebody that needed to do a Belichick, we're on to our next game. It's, it's him right there. Stop yeah. talking and change the, the subject. Yeah, I'm focused on whoever. If you enjoy college basketball, which, if you don't, you're nuts. And if you enjoy local college basketball, which again, if you don't, you're nuts. Cause there are some classic local gyms in the Rochester area. There are good competitive teams. It costs maybe a couple of bucks to get in. The Wendy's College Classic concludes today. For the men, the 7 and 8 and the 5 and 6 games are taking place at St. John Fisher at 1 and 3 p.m. respectively, while the 3-4 game and the championship game will be played at the U of R at 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. For the women, meanwhile, the 7-8-5-6 games are at Geneseo, again at 1 and 3. The 3 and 4 game and the championship game are at U of R, at 1 p.m. and 5.30. This has always been a tremendous tournament, featuring eight of the area's local college teams, Nazareth, Hobart, Roberts, RIT, U of R, Brockport, Fisher, and Geneseo. The original tournament in 67 had Brockport, RIT, Roberts, and Fisher. Did you know that this tournament is the largest and longest-running in-season tournament in all of college basketball? You're kidding. I had no idea. It's it, This is a great tournament. To be honest, I missed most of the things that you said about it because you led with Wendy's, and now I'm really hungry. <laughs> the tournament's been known by a few different corporate sponsored names over the years. This year's tournament marks the 50th anniversary, but unfortunately, it'll also be the final one. Apparently, the SUNYAC schools, Geneseo and Brockport, they're going to be unable to participate in the future due to scheduling conflicts, and with the field being reduced to six, the remaining schools decided, you know, this is probably a good time to just put it to rest. Some of the teams play each other during the year, but it's it's still sort of a shame to see this end. This is a great tournament. So you have time. If you want to get out and see it, the finals will be played. The final finals, as it were, 
will be played at U of R. The women tip off at 5.30, the men at 8 p.m., and that's a tournament that I'm going to be sad to see go away. We live in an age of oversaturation of many things. Certainly sports is one of them. I'm a sports fan, but I, I can no longer sit through one of those sports highlights news shows. Oh, yeah. Actually, I kind of like the one on Sports Channel New York. Obviously, I have a bias. I root for all the New York teams, and so that New York slant coming out of New York City obviously appeals to me. But the biggest reason I like their program, Sports Night, is that it's half an hour. It's, it's, there's not enough sports to adequately fill a one-hour news highlight show. That's why there's so many stinking commercials. I could wager this. If you switch the channel to ESPN, you would probably be in a commercial at the random time you turned it on. Mm-hmm. Chances are whenever you turn on ESPN, you're going to find it in commercials because there's so many of them. If it's not commercials, it'll just be LeBron. So, And why, why do some commercials have the score scrolling at the bottom? And some don't. Ever? I thought it was the only one that had noticed that. I'm glad somebody else is bugged by that, too. I just, all of a sudden, you're waiting for your team to come around, and then they change commercials, and all of a sudden, the scroll is gone. Either stick with it or don't. But other evidence of oversaturation? Well, some of the questions that reporters ask and, and the things they cover, you know, they cover some silly things. For instance, Andy Dalton's pregame music list? <laughs> Does anybody care? Nobody cares. ESPN reported on it this week. He reported that he tries to put himself, according to ESPN, in a the most positive place possible, and that he picks out songs with words and rhythms to help him. Dalton said he listened to Christian music of varying genres and tempos. Okay. I'm trying to think. What I'm going to play in the NFL. What am I going to play? Christian music-wise, I'm not, well, yeah, I am. I am taking a shot. I don't really, there's not a lot of Christian music that I care for. Now, I'm more old school. I'm going back to Keith Green, Amy Grant, second chapter of Acts. I got to tell you, none of that. Although there was, do you, have you ever heard of the Resurrection Band, the Res Band? Heard of. I have not heard any of their stuff. See, you're a metal guy. This, this was flat out. Man, this is Christian rock and roll. <laughs> they they get after it. And you being a metal guy, you might like that. I'm going to have to look it up then. Oh, yeah, I've got some Christian metal that would get you real fired up for a game. Shake your feelings out. And Do you have a set playlist, a go-to list of sorts that uh, you would play before a game? Or maybe when you go to gym, do you have the same set all the time? Yeah, I've got a playlist on my phone um, that I use at work. when I Because I, I have the chance to wear headphones a lot at work, so I've got my playlist to keep me going. See, I don't, I'm I'm so random. I'm all I, I change all the time. I'm not always listening to the same set. Yeah. Well, I have so much music that my playlist is like 400 songs. So I mean, it. it there's Ma- some variety there. Major League Baseball released numbers this week detailing therapeutic exemptions to the league's drug policy. 113 players sought and received permission from Major League Baseball for treatments that may have included drugs that would normally be banned. And according to the numbers released this week, of the 113, 111 were granted for medications which treat attention deficit disorder. If you do the math, that means that almost one in every 10 major leaguers suffers from ADD. That blows my mind. That's a lot. Because you think of a professional athlete in any sport, but you would think someone that's that's got to be tremendously focused you know you wouldn't think that that there would be somebody that's struggling with something like that 
Yeah, but I, I guess, I guess so. There's one exemption granted to a ball player who is afflicted with, I don't know, that's a big word. Basically, it means they develop breasts in men, which, by the way, is sometimes a side effect for hardcore steroid use. But mm-hmm. one of the 113 was for a unnamed player who was growing breasts. I guess that would get in the way if you're kind of playing sports. It could be a distraction in the locker room. Don't act like you're not impressed. (laughs) Earlier this week, and for the second time this year, the governing body of international soccer, FIFA, had their Swiss offices raided by police before dawn, and Vice Presidents Alfredo Howitt and Juan Angel Naput had been arrested on suspicion of accepting bribes of millions of dollars. These guys are detained on orders issued in Zurich on behalf of the U.S. Department of Justice, and as would be expected, they are both opposing extradition to the U.S. FIFA has said, they made it a point to say that suspended FIFA President Sepp Blatter has not been arrested as part of this latest raid, and according to the U.S. arrest requests, they are suspected of accepting bribes of millions of dollars. The high-ranking FIFA officials are alleged to have taken the money in return for selling marketing rights in connection with football tournaments in Latin America as well as World Cup qualifying matches. What are these raids? Why are they pre-dawn? And what is happening there that these raids happen pre-dawn? I guess, I guess these, these offices are in a luxury hotel complex, so I don't know. Maybe the guys are sleeping. Are they working in their office? What would they be doing pre-dawn? Well, I guess we know what they're doing. They're accepting bribes and <laughs> trying to get people. I wonder if that's like that's the bribe window. Like between 6 and 8 in the morning, we accept bribes. Yeah, if you call during with, those hours. Yeah, those are yeah. The, our bribe hours. After 8, you have to leave a voicemail. But that's yeah. just so soccer. With MLS scheduled to play its championship game this Sunday, did you know they were playing a championship game Sunday? I had no idea. They are. Four o'clock. Set your TV. Soccer headlines are dominated instead by reports of raids and bribes. And of their marquee teams, one of their marquee teams, Real Madrid, has played a player who is ineligible, and that's in the headlines this week, potentially being booted from the Copa del Rey tournament, which they have won 19 times. So instead of the MLS Cup making the headlines, you're reading about FIFA bribes. You're reading about Real Madrid playing an ineligible player. you got to have a fall guy. Uh, you, you have to have a rooting interest. The Columbus Crew and the Portland Timbers. Do you care who wins? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Yeah, I guess I don't either. It's Columbus and Portland. Even if I cared about soccer, I, I wouldn't have a dog in the fight. We may pick on soccer. And I do, but they will get a crowd. Last year's reported attendance at the MLS Cup between LA Galaxy and New England Revolution was 27,000. I would have never have guessed that. Wow. 27,000. I know soccer fills stadiums worldwide, but not so much here in the United States. The smallest crowd ever for an MLS final was just over 21,000 in 2005. Coincidentally, that match was also between LA and New England. The high water mark was better than 61,000 in 2002. And can you guess the two teams? That's right. LA and New England. They've met three times. LA winning all three times. It's in Columbus, so you got plenty of time to get there if you want. Sunday, four o'clock. <laughs> get out to the game. Coming up later on the program, we'll talk about Kobe Bryant's retirement. Is it over for Tiger Woods? 
And for some reason, Tim Tebow's celibacy is apparently newsworthy this week. Zach will make a few statements. We'll probably decide which are shenanigans. And, of course, we'll give you our pest of the week. And if times allows, we'll try to get to some other stuff as well. This week on Beyond the Game. Folks, let me talk to you for just a second. You've heard us say time and time again on this show that our title sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, are the best. We'd say that even if they weren't giving us money. You know why? Because they are the best. Maybe we just wouldn't say it as often. Hey, have you seen all those stink bugs out there? Don't squish them. That's where they get their name. Are they bothering you? Call Town & Country. Are mice or other furry critters using your home as an escape for the upcoming cold? Call Town & Country. Do you have bed bugs? Do you know someone who does? Call Town & Country. Their team of extremely knowledgeable professionals will get the job done for you. They'll be in, they'll be out, and they'll inconvenience you a lot less than those pesky critters have been. Town & Country Pest Solutions guarantees their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Benson and Barletta with you on this first Saturday of December. Remember, the show's brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can visit Town & Country online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Tim Tebow's been the joke recently of social media and many news outlets for being allegedly dumped by the former Miss Universe Olivia Culpo for refusing to have sex with her prior to marriage. There's some question of whether this story is even true, as both the Tebow and the Culpo teams have distanced themselves from the story. And I suppose there's some question as to whether or not the friendship or the potential interest had even progressed into a quote-unquote relationship. But that didn't matter. That doesn't matter to the mainstream media. Here was an opportunity to mock Tebow, to laugh at Christians and their traditional moral values, and they ran with it. You know what's sad is that at no point does it seem that anyone reporting the story bothered to consider how it portrayed Miss Culpo. That it makes her out to be so shallow and so starved for intimacy that she would kick Tebow, who was otherwise a gentleman, to the curb. Once again, the behavior of the press is is just despicable. It proves yet again that without feeling, the press will stop at nothing to accomplish one of its agenda items, which is to mock traditional biblical values and label anyone who believes and practices them as backwards, out of touch, and dangerous. And that in doing so, they'll show no regard for any particular individual, unless, of course, it benefits them to do so. Let me first say that if the story is true, and there is likely some shreds of truth woven within the story, how much and which parts I can't say, but where there's smoke, there's often fire, but not always. 
But again, let's assume for a minute the story is accurate. Well, if it is, then let's commend Tebow for staying strong to his convictions and to the values of his faith. That couldn't have been an easy thing to do. Okay, so many of you right now, you self-righteous moralists, are probably telling yourselves that your faith is so strong and that you're on such a high spiritual plane that choosing to remain celibate would have been so easy for you. And maybe it is. But putting myself in the shoes of a red-blooded 28-year-old American male, I contend that that was not an easy thing for Tim Tebow to do. Plus, have you seen her? Smoking! I'm telling you that if someone who looks like her was putting pressure on you to give in, well, then you better take the approach Joseph took with Potiphar's wife and just run away. Leave your coat and go, man, go. And in addition to giving Tebow credit for standing strong in the face of temptation, he should also be commended for being willing to endure the mockery that would that's going to be certain to come from those who learned of this situation, let alone it becoming fodder for the nation's dim-witted masses to chortle over. And by the way, it should be known that Tim Tebow's not the only one making such a decision to remain chaste. For that matter, he's not even the most famous. There are many young men many young women whose names are not known, to whom I want to encourage you and just say good for you. Stay strong. Stay faithful to what God has called you to do. And know that he's got a great plan for you. I know it's not easy. The pressures from every, for every angle in today's culture is intense. But seek your strength in Christ and in the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God doesn't just make rules because he can, or to to deprive people of pleasure and enjoyment. He has reasons. And like a parent who teaches their children of the many and varied dangers in the world, his reasons not only for his ultimate glorification, but also for our own good for our own protection. Family Life's Jeff Kemp, like Tebow, a former NFL quarterback, you remember Jeff, son of the one-time Buffalo Bills great quarterback, Jack. uh, Jeff has appeared on this program. He wrote in an opinion piece for Fox News that, quote, saving sex for marriage can deepen one's relationship with God and increase trust with a future spouse. He adds that, quote, it also protects the individual from potential negative consequences of sex outside of marriage, from STDs to unplanned pregnancies to a higher level of regret at the end of a relationship. If we could connect the dots, if more people in our society made the choice to practice abstinence, then it would stand to reason that there'd be fewer unwanted pregnancies and in turn fewer babies destroyed through abortions. In his article, Kemp states that One million abortions that took place, that out of the one million abortions that took place last year, it is estimated that 75% were performed on single women. But here's why I do question the validity of the story to some degree. Perhaps he did have an interest in the young lady, but I have to wonder if indeed, whether or not they were in a relationship. If Tebow holds to such traditional biblical values, Why would he be involved with a girl who has posed nude in a magazine and whose comments would suggest she's not remorseful or the least bit ashamed of it? After posing nude to make money or for whatever reason, 
Many women later regret it. They're, they're later embarrassed. But that doesn't seem to be the case for Miss Copeland. I can't speak for her. I'm just going by comments from what I read in an article. But Tebow clearly has strong moral convictions. So being in a relationship with a beautiful young lady who was so open about her sexuality and is so willing to be photographed nude, it just doesn't add up. There unquestionably in that arrangement would be would be added pressure to give in to sexual temptations. And just knowing that those photographs exist would be temptation to look at them. It just doesn't add up to me. I'm not criticizing Olivia Coppola. What I'm saying is that the pairing does not make sense. There seems to be different priorities. Second Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Once again, God has his reasons. And it would be appropriate to remember that it's not just dating relationships where believers should be very concerned about partnering with unbelievers in business, romance, or any other partnership. Remember that if you do not share a desire to allow Jesus the lordship of your life, then priorities and perspective will likely be very different. And you will have, there'll be many disagreements. They'll struggle over ethical and moral decisions. So I don't know if Tim Tebow was in a relationship with this gal, and it really doesn't matter. The Bible is very clear and gives specific warnings about about being in partnerships with unbelievers. We need to take that seriously. I don't even know why this is a story other than other than the media wants to laugh at Christians. They wants to laugh at traditional biblical values, such as what Tim Tebow holds to. And that's a shame, but that's part of the end-time scenario, I believe. Christians, you will be continuously laughed at, mocked. Your values will be continually questioned. But at the end of the day, you know what I would say to these people that are laughing at Tim Tebow, that are laughing at people who protect their virginity, that they, that, that save themselves from marriage? Who would you want your son or daughter to date? Someone who has preserved their innocence, remained pure, saved themselves from marriage? Or would you want them to date somebody who has a reputation of multiple partners with a great deal of sexual experience? Now, you can say what you want to your friends and act all cool, but we know in your heart of hearts, of course, you want somebody who has remained innocent, somebody who has saved themselves for that special someone in marriage, and God would bless that. Be careful entering into a relationship. In fact, you should avoid entering into a relationship with a non-believer. Evangidating, if you can call it that, you're going to lead that person to Christ by dating them. It only leads to heartbreak in most situations. It leads to disappointment. Probably not in every situation, but in most of them. And if Tim Debo did break up, or if she broke up with him, she dumped him because he wouldn't give himself to her. Well, then good for Tim Tebow. That's not something that should be laughed at. That's something that should be commended. Good for Tim Tebow, regardless of where the story is. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Beyond the Game.
G&T Co-Ed Volleyball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has both a rec division for those who enjoy the game but whose skill level may not be as advanced, and also a power league division for more skilled players. Tryouts are required for the power league division. Games are played on Monday evenings at North Star Christian Academy in Gates. The season begins January 11th. Registration continues through mid-December or until the league is full, so act soon. There is a minimum age requirement of 16 or 14 if playing together with family members. G&T does encourage families to participate in its rec division. For more information or to register, visit gantathletics.info. That's gantathletics.info. You know, listening to you two bringing us back in makes me think of a question. Did they hijack? Well, I know they did. Did you mind them hijacking your iTunes and downloading an album for you, regardless of whether you wanted it? Not really. I, I, in fact, actually today, one of the songs randomly came on in my shuffle, and I was like, what is this? And it turned out to be them, and I was like, uh, it's not awful, so I let it play. Yeah, I'm not sure I cared for it. I don't like when even people send me an email that's got like a meeting request and all of a sudden it hijacks your outlook and it's in your calendar. Mm-hmm. I'll put it in the calendar myself, thank you very much. I don't need your email to do it for me. I'm nodding like I know what you're talking about, but I'm not nearly important enough to have outlook reminders and stuff popping up. Oh, I'm not important. I just forget stuff, so <laughs> if I don't use that. Then maybe I should. Well, let's play shenanigans. Throw out a couple questions. Uh, actually, they're not questions. You're going to throw out a couple of statements, and you and I both will either agree with that statement or we'll call shenanigans on it. Again, simple rule, brief explanation, only three or four sentences allowed. So let's play shenanigans. All right. The Marlins are, are well, not reportedly, they are making Barry Bonds their hitting coach, which is a great idea. I call shenanigans for one reason why I don't think it's a good idea. Despite all the evidence against him, he still denies any steroid use and has been unrepentant. I believe in second chances. Once there is a humble spirit and a repentant attitude, and if ever he were to display those, then I would think it's a great idea because he's maybe one of the best pure contact hitters I think I ever saw. And Mark McGuire did do that. Remember, Mark McGuire had to basically crawl back on his knees. Yeah. before, But he got another job just recently. Um, I agree with it. I think it's a great idea. I, I mean, it, what was he? Almost forty. His last year, put up MVP type numbers. Uh, he's great. I, I think he can help young hitters. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he'll do a good job. I just don't think you reward somebody that is unrepentant and who who has clearly broke, broken the rules. But anyway, yeah. Moving on. He is kind of a jerk. All right, the Golden State Warriors will finish the season with more wins than the 95-96 Bulls, who had 72. Man, that's a tough one. I guess while I think it's possible, considering how well they've been playing, I'm going to call shenanigans on that because there's still a long ways to go. What basically they'd have to do is win 52 of their next 62 games to get the 72 wins. That's asking a lot. Man, I... I don't really know. I'm going to call shenanigans just because this team doesn't have Michael Jordan. How, how, how's that's that for an enough. That's reason enough. 
And lastly, the Redskins. The Washington Redskins have found their franchise quarterback and are the best team in the NFC East. I'll let you go first this time. You go ahead. Is it possible to say no and yes? Because I don't think they found their franchise quarterback. Kirk Cousins on the road is a mess. But Kirk Cousins at home has been pretty good. But they are the best team in the East. They have the best record. I think I'm going to agree, not with you, but with your statement. The more opportunity Tim Cousins has to play, the better he has gotten. His big issue had been the interceptions. He's been able to avoid those. And the rest of the division certainly isn't any better than the Redskins are. Boy, that's true. Uh, I don't think you're looking at a franchise quarterback in terms of a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady. But I think I think you might see him there for a few years. I think they're okay. Let's talk some baseball, Zach. We haven't done this in a few weeks. Major League Baseball's hot stove has officially heated up recently. We've seen Jordan Zimmerman come to term with the Tigers. David Price signed a mega deal with the Red Sox. Boy, either of those guys would have looked really good in a Yankee uniform, wouldn't they? Yeah, especially, you know, yeah. And if it hasn't happened by the time this airs, it seems Zach Greinke has narrowed his list down the two teams, the Dodgers and the Giants. Yeah, he's going to stay in California. Now, I haven't talked to anyone who hasn't thought the Red Sox overpaid for David Price. But that's Dave Dombrowski, right? He wants to make an impact. He's willing to roll the dice on the future. He gave up a lot for Craig Grimbrell, but they've got a top closer now. Yeah. He paid a lot for a utility outfielder in, in Chris Young, but now he's got the frontline starter they've Yeah, and this is lacked. this is the Dombrowski method. We've seen it for a long time in Detroit. Your prospects are for trading and your money is for spending, and that's how he operates. Here's the deal. I mean, this is definitely a gamble. It, it, but if the dice rolls the right way, the Red Sox win a championship or two over the next, you know, short term, then it's worth it to them and their fans. But we're aware of Price's lack of postseason success, but he is one of the best pitchers in the league, and maybe that changes. Price got an opt-out, so the Red Sox have to be hoping that he has a great first couple of years with the team and that he does opt out. And if that's the case, then they probably have the title that they covet, and they won't, they, you know, they they won't have the back end of that contract to worry about because he'll opt out to to capitalize on that free agent. But man, if it doesn't pan out, and he struggles out of the gate, and the things don't come together, and they've spent all that money, then the Red Sox will be sitting where the Yankees are now, suffering the consequences of having limited options due to the the very lengthy and the very heavy contracts that you gave out attempting to chase the championship. And the thing about the Red Sox, too, is that they are shopping, allegedly shopping Hanley Ramirez right now, trying to get out from under his contract. But, I mean, who wants to take him? I mean, he's not a shortstop anymore. He's not a third baseman anymore. He was terrible in left field. They're talking about he's a first baseman now. But we saw how well trying to move him to a new position worked last year. And his offense was down last year, so I just don't see. They have a lot of expensive if, parts that I'm not sure how they're all going to work. If you're the Red Sox, this could work out brilliantly, or it could blow up in your face. And, and basically what the Red Sox are doing is what they've always accused the Yankees of, mm-hmm. buying a championship, buying a pennant. I had the top five available free agents, in my opinion. I listed them. There's only two, maybe three left, because in one instance I had a tie. Let me see if you agree with me. I had as the top five available free agents. I had David Price at the top. I had Granky right right after him. Jason Hayward, who's still left. 
Alex Gordon, who's still out there. And then I kind of had a tie between Jordan Zimmerman and, and Johnny Cueto at number five. And, of course, Cueto's still available. I think before the trade deadline this past year, Cueto would have been maybe in your top three. But we saw what happened when he went somewhere with some pressure on him. It, it did not work out very yeah, well until the end. It wasn't yeah. great. I had some honorable mentions. Joanna Cespedes, I think, is a is an honorable mention, but he's not in my top five. Guys like uh, uh, Justin Upton, Chris Davis, Jess Samarja, huge drop-off after mm-hmm. you get that tier of player. But here's an interesting question. Which is a more attractive option for free agents right now, the Mets or the Yankees? That's a really tough question. I mean, And I think at first glance, I think it might be the Mets. I would agree. Because there's a lot of positions with the Yankees, if you sign here, you're not guaranteed a ton of playing time. Pitching wins championships, and considering the amount of quality pitching the Mets have, they seem more likely to win before the Yankees will. They're poised to win in the short term. The Yankees are, boy, they're they're basically biding their time for a year or two until these big contracts come off the books. But they've got a ton of young talent, too. Not necessarily at pitcher, though they do have guys like Severino. They, they have some talent there, but mm-hmm. they've got a lot of position players. I, it, but they got to get get rid of some of that heavy dead weight that's sort of mm-hmm. on their roster. So I think for this year the Mets might be a more attractive option. But the Yankees are the Yankees. You know, if you get a chance to sign with the New York Yankees, and of course I'm saying this, I'm a homer, I get it. But that's one of those franchises that man, I, I played for the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's it's something special. But a lot of times we'll see these franchises that make a World Series appearance. Suddenly, they become legitimate destinations for free agents, and I think the only thing that might hinder the Mets is is the Mets. No, nobody really knows how much they can spend or how much they will spend. So there's that. But and much like the Yankees are the Yankees, the, the Mets, Mets are, are the Mets. Mets. <laughs> uh huh. Hey, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Kobe Bryant. We're going to talk about uh, Tiger Woods. You're listening to Beyond the Game. Folks, let me talk to you for just a second. You've heard us say time and time again on this show that our title sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, are the best. We'd say that even if they weren't giving us money. You know why? Because they are the best. Maybe we just wouldn't say it as often. Hey, have you seen all those stink bugs out there? Don't squish them. That's where they get their name. Are they bothering you? Call Town & Country. Are mice or other furry critters using your home as an escape for the upcoming cold? Call Town & Country. Do you have bed bugs? Do you know someone who does? Call Town & Country. Their team of extremely knowledgeable professionals will get the job done for you. They'll be in, they'll be out, and they'll inconvenience you a lot less than those pesky critters have been. Town & Country Pest Solutions guarantees their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. That is so good. <laughs> that was for you. Yeah, that, that is terrific. That's probably one of my all-time greats, Amanda Shaw. I, th- that gal can play a fiddle. Nobody knows who she is. I, probably nobody. 
uh, unless you're from Louisiana, where she's from, and then everybody knows who she is. Anyway, <laughs> Kobe Bryant's decided to hang him up. After 15 poorly played games this season, Kobe Bryant has finally acknowledged that there's just very little left to give. I think it's remarkable that in basketball, maybe more than any other sport, it just goes so quickly. One day, there's just nothing left in the legs to get off any type of quality shot. And it just, it happens like a switch in basketball. Kobe Bryant is, he's definitely in my top 10 all time greatest NBA players. Maybe, maybe top five. Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. But then I can't decide between Kobe, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. We're not going to debate it here. We got a full year of the Kobe farewell tour to do that. But I want to say that while Kobe, I think is an all-time great. He never took a team on his shoulders in the postseason like Jordan did, who almost seemed to will his teams to victory. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never there was never that iconic moment with Kobe, uh, but he's certainly worthy of praise. He's a great player, and while he is worthy of praise as a player, I'm more reserved than the love fest I'm seeing everywhere. One of the worst I've seen is Stephen A. Smith. I like Stephen A. Smith. I listen often to his talk show on Mad Dog Sports Radio. I don't much care for that show he does with Skip Bayless. That's mostly due to Bayless. <laughs> but to hear him interview Kobe after the game in Philadelphia was just troubling. The way he, uh, the way he just, you know, he got all voice and and it, it was it was just troubling. It was like he was at a funeral or something. It was just weird, but. His seemingly surprise announcement could not have been any more orchestrated. I mean, are you kidding me with that stupid poem? Mm -hmm. Printed and prepared as a souvenir just prior to the Lakers' home game that was followed by a road game in Philadelphia, the city in which he grew up just outside of. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was trying to pay homage to Michael Jordan by writing an open letter as Jordan did. Albeit in Brian's case, it was this ridiculous poem. He even started it out like Jordan did, Dear Basketball. That poem was pretty bad. <laughs> it was awful. We see now why he played basketball for a career, because he's not a poet. Oh, and then that mysterious logo to introduce his clothing brand or whatever it is he plans to market. Mm-hmm. I, come on, the whole thing was just so... Very commercial. <laughs> Yeah, it really was. As Commissioner Adam Silver detailed in his, in his statement following Kobe's announcement, though, his resume is impressive. It stands for itself. There is no doubt. 17-time NBA All-Star selection, an NBA MVP, five championships with the Lakers, two Olympic gold medals. Uh, as Silver says, a relentless work ethic. Kobe Bryant is one of the finest players in the history of our game, whether competing in the finals or hoisting a Jump shots after midnight in an empty gym. Kobe has an unconditional love for the game. He's played 20 years in the NBA, all with the Lakers. That's pretty good. You don't see a lot of that anymore in today's athletes. He's a five-time champion, twice won the uh, the finals MVP. Uh, his retirement's certainly going to guarantee him, you would think, an 18th All-Star game. Oh, sure. Know, people are going to vote him in. He has a, he's had an amazing career. But for all the accomplishment, there was that nasty situation in Denver and his reputation as a selfish player that I, I think sort of left L.A. as a place where free agents avoided. Yeah, I, I'm listen, I don't want to take anything away from what he's accomplished in his career, 
because Kobe's obviously got a ton of hardware in his trophy case. He's one of the greatest players ever to play. I'm a basketball ignoramus, and, and even I know that. But with that said, for me, like, this farewell tour kind of feels like the eulogy at a funeral where the dead guy was a jerk who borrowed your tools, never returned them, cheated on his wife and his taxes, you know, but because he's dead, now you pretend he was a saint, you're saying, oh, he's in a better place, you know, we'll miss him. No, the guy was a jerk, you know, and... uh You gotta say something nice because you have to. Exactly. I think that's where we're at now. I think that when you look back on someone's career, you have to look back on all of it, the good and the not so good. And for Kobe, that includes him, you know, like you said, possibly being a rapist. We'll never really know what happened there. The fact that he basically ran Shaq out of L.A. and broke up a very successful team. The fact that he's really the reason that the Lakers aren't a prime free agent destination anymore like they used to be. And when I look at the whole picture, it's very hard for me to canonize Kobe like so many are rushing to do. Just because there's no way to get around the fact that clearly he's a selfish dude who lets his selfishness or pride or competitiveness, whatever you want to call it, come before the success of the Lakers. And uh, at the end of this eulogy, I think it's not Kobe who's in a better place. It's going to be the Lakers. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Tiger Woods even talked about Kobe at his press conference for this year's Hero Challenge Charity Golf Tournament. Which, by the way, what is the PGA thinking with that event? Obviously, they want to draw a strong field for Tiger's charity event, and obviously they feel they must need some significant incentive. But giving full FedEx playoff points for a tournament that features only 18 players, that to me is just garbage. It's like spotting points to guys who are willing to play in this tournament. But but here's Tiger talking about Kobe. You add up all those games, it takes a toll on the body. And eventually it just doesn't heal anymore. Um, And that sport is so fast and so athletic and so quick. Uh, It's it's just tough. And it's, it's been tough to watch him, you know, go through the season he's had, and it's understandably so. I mean, he's been in there for 20 years. You know the first thing I thought? Well, maybe not the first thing. I suppose the first thing was, who cares? <laughs> why, why does somebody asking Tiger Woods about Kobe Bryant, isn't that about as relevant as getting a soundbite from, say, maybe Hulk Hogan on Kobe? <laughs> hey, give me a break. Let's Just let that guy fade away into obscurity, would you? But what I thought is, basically... Tiger's what Tiger was saying was the same thing Kobe could be saying about Tiger. If you didn't see any of that press conference, you missed a really what was a sad display of a once great athlete who's been humbled by really by circumstances, but also by his own stupidity. He's a he, he was a sad, pathetic figure of a person as he's sitting up there. I and I, I know you're thinking how sad and pathetic I must be to be sitting around watching Tiger Woods press conferences for a ridiculous <laughs> golf tournament, but for some unexplained, unexplained reason, the restaurant I happened to find myself in the other day while having lunch with a friend, they had it on. And here's a here's a sampling of some of what Tiger had to say. I think pretty much everything you know, beyond this has been will be gravy. There is no timetable, and so that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part for me is uh, there's really nothing I can look forward to, uh, nothing I can build towards. Hopefully I can get well enough um, to start playing more soccer. Uh, I, I miss being able to play with the kids. I miss doing that. I'm able to go to a, a ton of games, but I just haven't been able to play with them anymore. And, and I, I miss being able to do things like that. I am really good at playing video games. Really good. <laughs> I, I swear, that's, that's basically how I pass a lot of my time. 
it was just pathetic, kind of, you know. Here's this guy that was this once great athlete, and he says everything beyond this will be gravy. Gravy? Gravy goes on top. What Tiger has reached is, is not the top, but the bottom. Mm-hmm. He's scraping the bottom so that pretty much everything beyond this will be like be like Uncle Rico making a recruiting video. <laughs> and I get what he's trying to do. He wants to rebuild his image as much as possible, but it seems that he's just overdoing this daddy of the year stuff just a wee bit. He talks about the stuff he does with his kids so much that it it comes off as very insincere. I'm glad he's spending time with his kids. But maybe part of what makes it so seems so insincere is that previously he was so focused on his career and the brand of Tiger Woods. Everything else came secondary, but life life has certainly humbled him, and it's played out for all the world to see, which is it's got to be humiliating. God is not mocked, for whatsoever one sows, that will he also reap, says Galatians 6-7. Injuries have no doubt played a significant role in derailing Tiger's career, but so has stupidity. And so has sin, to be, to be specific, lust and pride. But, but there are others, I'm sure. Tiger was not always fair in dealing with members of the media and even many of his fellow golfers. He, they didn't care for his spitting into golf holes when he missed a putt. They didn't care for his cursing on TV to express, I don't know, maybe his passion, his focus, his competitiveness. And as a result, there's a number of people who are probably enjoying seeing him in this position, a player who's been He's been unable to play competitively. He's missed a number of cuts, and, and he has now no idea when and even if he's going to be able to return. This is a guy who seemingly had it all, was at one time almost a certainty to be the greatest greatest golfer of all time. He'd eventually break all of Jack Nicklaus's records, but now he's got no chance to catch Nicklaus. He lived in a great home in a great neighborhood in Orlando, he had all kinds of money, and I guess he still has a lot of the money. He was married to a beautiful woman. Not that beauty, beauty is everything, but it, it sure doesn't hurt. But that wasn't enough for Tiger. He was, he's tripped up by the sins that come with self-satisfaction, self-worship, self-indulgence. And as part of a rehab program, Tiger Woods confessed to cheating on his wife, Elon Nordigan, with as many as 120 women during their five-year marriage. She's beautiful. What? Why do you need a hundred and twenty other women? I, but it was one one night stand in particular that was the final straw for for Elon, and that being with a twenty one year old daughter of a next door neighbor, a girl that Tiger met when he was fourteen, and she was a babysitter for he and Elon. And reports are that when Nordegren found out, she called Tiger while he was having dinner with friends following the Masters. And sources say she was screaming so loudly that everyone at the table could hear what he, what she was saying. And I mean, picture yourself, you know, if that's Tiger, how, how humiliating. I mean, if that isn't rock bottom, then it has to be pretty close. I'm not celebrating Tiger's situation. I'm actually, I, I feel bad for him. Proverbs 20, 24, 17 says, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Let me tell you, that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when your enemy falls, you know, there's a part of you that kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad. You know, somebody is attacking you and they, they get theirs and you're kind of, you kind of rejoice that. Very hard not to do, but, you know, here's, here's a guy that was at the top and now he's not. And I'm sure many people are rejoicing, but remember that verse, Proverbs 24, 17. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. 
In fact, I'd rather hope he can make one more run at a majors win or two, but I think the reality is that it's over for Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. The Hero World Challenge he's involved with has raised more than $26 million for youth charities since its first tournament in 99. And that's kind of my point. While he has had a hand in raising millions for charity, and he has probably also done many, many, many unknown good things for needful people, and while he was at the very top of his profession and seemingly had everything the world could offer, it just wasn't enough. Temptation led him to fall far beyond what most of us have experienced. And while Tiger may have had farther to fall considering the heights that he had reached, these same things happen all the time. They happen all, all around us. And sadly, it happens within the walls of the church just as often as it does beyond those walls. We need to always be on guard in order to protect ourselves from sin, to protect our families, to protect our marriages. We need to be careful to never let our guard down. Remember First Peter 5.8. We've said it a couple of times on this program. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The guys and I have been reading James McDonald's book, Act Like Men. We've been reading that together, uh, not you know sitting around together, but all of us individually. And the book breaks down and expounds upon 1 Corinthians 16, 13, which is be watchful, stand firm in faith, act like men, be strong. What made Tiger so great was his amazing ability to focus even under pressure. In fact, the pressure of a major tournament on Championship Sunday seemed to cause him to focus even more intently. He would be alert for things that could cause harm to his game, that that could cost him a stroke, debris on the green, a, a gust of wind that would arise, and he gave a greater attention to what was necessary to excel, a firm grip, a keen eye, a clear mind, but but unfortunately, off the course, he didn't have that same focus. He wasn't uh, wasn't as alert for hazards. We need to be watchful. Be continually on your guard so that you're not surprised by temptations. Be looking for things in your life which could cause harm to your game. Stand firm in the faith. Be grounded on the Word of God. Know what it says. Be knowledgeable of uh, principles. Give attention to what's necessary to excel. Act like men. Be a leader. Men, be a leader in your home Be by being a godly example to your wife and children. And when you're attacked and come under spiritual warfare, don't flinch. Maintain your ground and be strong. Trust in Christ. Trust in the power of God. You can't maintain your ground on your own. Sin's too powerful, but in Christ there is the power to succeed. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him which strengtheneth me. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men be strong. Let me just add one more thing as we come up against this break. The Christian life is not easy. I I recommend that you be a part of a good church. Be part of a small group. Believers often need to sustain one another, to encourage one another. You, You can't be a loner. Don't be afraid to let other people into your life. For those who don't go to church because of the hypocrites and hurtful people who are out there, you know what? You can find those characteristics in people everywhere. I saw this recently. If you don't go to church because you were hurt by the people there, then your faith was in those people, and it was never in God. We'll be right back after the break. This is Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.
G&T Co-Ed Volleyball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has both a rec division for those who enjoy the game but whose skill level may not be as advanced, and also a power league division for more skilled players. Tryouts are required for the power league division. Games are played on Monday evenings at North Star Christian Academy in Gates. The season begins January 11th. Registration continues through mid-December or until the league is full, so act soon. There is a minimum age requirement of 16 or 14 if playing together with family members. G&T does encourage families to participate in its rec division. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. You have a lot of useless information in your head. It's as useless as the Winter Olympics. You are useless, Ignacio. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Tomorrow, Austin Davis will become the Cleveland Browns' 24th different starting quarterback since 1999. Of the previous 23, only one had a career-winning record with the Browns. That illustrious list? Ty Detmer, Tim Couch, Doug Peterson, Spurgeon Wynn, Kelly Holcomb, Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Ken Dorsey, Bruce Gradkowski, Colt McCoy, Jake DeLome, Seneca Wallace, Brandon Whedon, Fad Lewis, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Connor Shaw, and Josh McCown. Do you think you can guess which one of those had a winning record? I have no idea. <laughs> it's all garbage, but it was Brian Hoyer over the last two years actually wow. managed to put together a winning record. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com fearing nothing but God. At the end of each show, we go around the room, give you our Pest of the Week, my Pest of the Week. This week is the Rio de Janeiro Olympic Organization, needing to find somewhere roughly $520 million to cut in order to balance out its operating budget of $1.9 billion. Jeez. They've decided that, to make up some of it, that the approximately 10,500 athletes will not have air conditioning in their bedrooms. Unless, of course, someone's willing to pay for it. The games will be held August 5th through the 21st of 2016, which is wintertime in South America. But there were times during those dates this past year that the temperatures reached 95 degrees. Yet a spokesman for the game says, we don't think it's going to be critical to have air conditioning there. It sure. just seemed to me that if you're awarded an opportunity to host the games, then the general care and comfort of the athletes would be part of the deal. Anyway, the Rio de Janeiro Olympic Organization Committee is my Pest of the Week. Mine is the Bruins' Matt Bolesky, who broke the Rangers' center Derek Stepan's ribs with a late hit that somehow didn't even draw a penalty or a suspension from the league. You've been listening to Beyond the Game. Speaking of hockey, though, you know what we've got to keep an eye on in the next few weeks? Got to watch the balloting because Arizona Coyotes' John Scott is one of the leaders, a six foot eight guy. Played six games all year. He's he's an awful hockey player. I think it's funny what the fans do with the balloting, but I think it's sad as well. If it was baseball, it'd really bother me, you know, because we take that so seriously. But it would kind of be funny to see John Scott on the All Star in a three on three. That'd be brutal. Oh yeah, that would be. You listen to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions dot com. Give them a call five eight five four two six five zero two four. Tell them Benson sent you. As always, thanks for listening to Beyond the Game.